Hi, I'm Ali Maldro, the host of A Public Affair on Tuesdays. You can listen to this show any day of the week, any hour of the day on the WORT smartphone app or on wortfm.org. If you love what you hear, click that donate button and support community media. Your donation makes a huge difference. Six foot six above sea level. I grab my mic because I like to take it to another mental level. Low power frequency radio modulation. The big sound from Good afternoon, Madison. You're listening to WORT 89.9 FM. I'm your host, Ali Maldro. This is a public affair. I'm a little sick, but I'm really excited that I get to be on the air virtually with Annalise. Seven weeks ago, Planned Parenthood clinics in Madison and Milwaukee began offering abortion services for the first time in more than a year. Today, we're talking about what regained access looks like for folks needing abortions. Our guests are Planned Planned, Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin's Elise Eger and Michelle Valsquez. Michelle will be joining us a little later on, but Annalise is here now. Welcome back to the show, Annalise. Thanks for having me. Excited to chat today. Oh, thanks for all that you're you're doing to stand up for folks' reproductive rights. How has it been to be back in business the last three weeks? What is it what has it looked like for Planned Parenthood to be able to provide people with health care? Yeah, it's um, it's been awesome. And, you know, I will say that, um, you know, there was there was some assumption that our health centers weren't open um, because we weren't providing abortion services that we weren't providing other health care. So just to, to clarify, we've got 22 health centers around the state. Um, none of them closed. Um, they continued to provide to provide health care. We actually expanded services to include um, vasectomy services and gender affirming uh, hormone therapy, um, and we were overjoyed um, and I think grateful that we were able to um, resume providing abortion care um, at our Madison and Milwaukee locations um, in um, in in September of this year. After over a year of being unable to provide that service and that healthcare because of a lack of clarification in the law, so we are we are we are grateful to be able to provide this necessary healthcare uh, to folks in Wisconsin and others who may come here to to seek that service. How necessary is this healthcare after a year without abortion? Were there people who were you know, waiting for you all to to provide this service. Did you all, you know, see a tremendous demand for abortion care in Wisconsin upon reoffering the service? Or are people just sort of realizing um, that they can get an abortion in Wisconsin again? And and has abortion kind of slowed down? So um, I I can't speak specifically to numbers, um, unfortunately, but um, you know, during the during what the time when we were not providing, um, we had hired uh, abortion navigators, so folks could still call Planned Parenthood and say, "I need an abortion," and we would be able to say, "Okay, let's help you figure that out," and be able to work with them to overcome the barriers that you know existed. Um, and so, you know that, and those folks remain. Um, remain employed and, and and are still helping folks navigate the the new reality that is abortion in, in not just Wisconsin but the United States. Um, but you know, being able to provide in Madison and Milwaukee again has relieved um, you know one of one of the the small burdens, um, not small, but one of the one of the many burdens that it is to access abortion care in in the U.S. Um, being able to say, you know, I, I live in or around Madison or I live in or around Milwaukee and now I'm able to go there instead of going to Illinois or Minnesota um, to to access care um, is is a big deal. And so, you know, we we filled appointments um, again. I can't speak directly to numbers and I, I can't tell you what that has looked like, but um, folks are accessing abortion care in Wisconsin at our our Madison and Milwaukee health centers again. I am am curious kind of, you know, 
as as abortion is reestablished as a right in the state of Wisconsin, what what got us to this point? What is the the difference between, you know, November of 2023 after the Dobbs decision in comparison to November of 2022, what changed that allowed Planned Parenthood to resume services um, in Milwaukee and Madison? And why hasn't Planned Parenthood resumed services in other places around the state? Yeah, so I'll take the um, the first part of the question first. Just so um, the Planned Parenthood has always maintained that the 1849 criminal abortion ban, as it's been referred to, um, that was on the books. We we have always um, said that that doesn't. We do not think that that applies to abortion, um, but. There were uh, significant, you know, threats and pressure from, um, you know, and and uncertainty about, um, you know, how folks were going to, um, you know, react and and what was or was not enforceable, which is the the basis of the attorney general's lawsuit. Um, and so that that lack of clarity, um, you know, led to the decision to. Um, to, to, to put a halt on services. But I will say we have been, you know, I think working since um, we had to stop services and on our plan to, okay, when we get this clarity, how are we going to, and, and it's, and it's what we think it is, how are we going to resume services? Right. And so the um, Dane County circuit court judge um, made a decision, preliminary decision this last summer, that gave us the legal clarity um, to resume services. Um, we worked through a lot of logistical, um, you know, pieces on our end of things to get our our our, our health centers back open and providing the service. Um, you know, we our doctors and nurses and staff were literally running one of the Planned Parenthood of Illinois clinics, um, you know, one day a week for the last, you know, over a year, um, because we had this incredible partnership with um, Planned Parenthood of Illinois in order to provide care um, and, to, and to meet the need that was being seen in Illinois from the surrounding states. So um, that legal clarity from the circuit court judge is what has um, allowed us to resume um, now we're still waiting on a final decision from her um, and as whether, you know, there's going to be an appeal, there's still a lot of, of questions, but the, um, you know, we are I, I'm very confident in, in the decision that we made to resume. Um, and so to your second part of your question, you know, we were able to resume services in Milwaukee and Madison um, prior to the Dobbs decision we operated, um, again, we have 22 health centers. Three of those health centers um, prior to the Dobbs decision provided abortion care. Um, both Ma uh, Madison East um, and Milwaukee Water Street um, provided both um, Med-AB and surgical. Um, but then our health center in Sheboygan, um, you were... Uh, they offered medical abortion services. Um, so we are uh, still working on getting Sheboygan re-staffed uh, re, re and resumed um, as far as being able to provide uh, abortion services up there again. Um, that is still in the works and part of our plan um, to get back to where we were pre-Dobbs. Um, there, and as we release, is there yeah. a timeline in terms of, you know, for, for folks who are in Oregon or for folks who are, who are in the Northern portion of this state coming to Madison for a, an abortion is, is that's a hike coming to for an abortion is a hike. And there is a, a sense that for some folks, it is just easier and faster to go to Minnesota or easier and, and faster to go to Illinois. Yeah. Um, what is what does the timeline look like for services resuming in Sheboygan? I unfortunately not able to speak to specifics on that as I don't have them. Um, it's not something I'm involved in, so uh, unable to share that. But you know, I will say even pre Dobbs, um, the folks who are living in Western Wisconsin or Northern Wisconsin, a lot of them were utilizing Minnesota. 
um, for, for abortion services. And they still are, um, you know, so, so we're at the point of, you know, getting back to pre Dobbs, but I think the ultimate goal is we need and want healthcare, specifically this healthcare to be accessible across the state. You know, we know it's not accessible, um, as accessible as it, you know, or, or even, accessible in general um if you are are outside of you know the the two urban areas in our in our state and it's really unfortunate and so you know i think as we look at okay what are our next steps um getting sheboygan back on board um but also what does expanding abortion access look like in wisconsin um whether that's with you know relieving relief from restrictions or at like actual geographic expansion, right? Um, I, I think that that has to be part of the full conversation um, for not just Planned Parenthood, but for abortion advocates um, and healthcare advocates uh, across the state. Annalise, I want to talk to you more about expanding access and specifically what are the restrictions that people who get an abortion right now have to contend with. Um, but before I do that, I want to remind folks that you're listening to WORT 89.9 FM Madison. I'm your host, Ali Maldro. This is a public affair. If you have questions about abortion in Wisconsin right now, the number is 608-256-2001. I want to welcome Michelle to the show. Michelle, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, I'm so grateful to get to have this conversation with you all. I'm so grateful that abortion has resumed in Wisconsin for the last seven weeks. And I, I'm worried that, you know, that this is a, a temporary moment um, and that we could really see the right to abortion be something we, we go back and forth with having access to. Michelle, I, I want to bring you into the conversation that we were just having, which is about kind of what expanded access to abortion looks like in Wisconsin. Um, Michelle is the Director of Legal Advocacy and Services for Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin, Planned Parenthood Advocates of Wisconsin. Annalise is the Communications Consultant for Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin, Planned Parenthood Advocates, and Planned Parenthood Advocates of Wisconsin. So Michelle, I want to ask you specifically, what does it look like in Wisconsin um, to challenge the restrictions around abortion? What are the restrictions that apply to people's pregnancies right now? Um, what are the overall illegal implications of resuming abortion in Wisconsin? What kinds of abortions do people have access to? What does that mean for folks? These are all really excellent questions. So I'll start um, with first just saying, yes, we are thrilled that we were able, that Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin was able to resume um, abortion services in September after over a year of not being able to provide following the Dobbs decision. Um, but you are absolutely correct that there is um, a long road ahead of us in terms of protecting and expanding access to abortion for Wisconsinites. Um, specifically, I, I think it's really important for people to know that the fact that Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin resumes services um, doesn't mean that there is um, a, a protected or enshrined right in law in this state uh, that will enable people, you know, forever to access the right to access an abortion. Um, Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin resumed, but they resumed under the framework that exist, uh, existed prior to the Dobbs decision. Wisconsin was considered um, one of the most restrictive states when it came to abortion access um, prior to Dobbs. And so there's, there's really a lot of work uh, ahead of us um, on the sort of legal front of abortion. So while we are in the, you know, heading in the right directions in, term, in terms of restoring, it's really important that this um, issue be at the top of people's mind um, in understanding the sort of changing legal landscape, both in Wisconsin as well as nationally and the implications that could have for access in Wisconsin. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, we see large areas of the country where there, there is no access. And so folks in, in those states are accessing at point, in states like Illinois, which can overwhelm their, their infrastructure. And now Wisconsin, you know, could potentially be a state where we could 
see some folks from other parts of the country trying to access. Um, and we could, you know, maybe even see people from Illinois coming up to Wisconsin because uh, clinics there are overwhelmed. So even though states have protected access, um, it's really important that access is expanded, not just to account for people in our own state, um, but as well as people from around the country, really, who are in need of this vital health care. What should people who want to get an abortion in Wisconsin know about the restrictions around abortion? What's the time period in which you can get an abortion? Um, what do you have to do? Yeah, there, there are a lot of requirements around abortion. Um, as I mentioned, it's heavily restricted and regulated. So the first thing that people need to know is that um, there is a mandated 24-hour waiting period. Um, so it's not as simple as being able to make one appointment, going to the doctor, having a procedure done. Um, you have to have two appointments. There has to be at least 24 hours in between those appointments. Michelle, can I ask, does that apply to all pregnancies? So let's say you go in with an emergency atopic pregnancy right now. Would you have a 24-hour wait period that may risk your life um, for a non-viable pregnancy? There is a waiver for, um, or the 24-hour waiting period can be essentially waived or bypassed in uh, an emergency situation. Um, so the 24-hour waiting period is for um, non-emergency, non-life-threatening um, abortion services. So, uh, for example, at Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin, all of the patients there must have two appointments because Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin does not treat emergency situations. Those are those abortions are typically done in a hospital setting. So for folks who are accessing abortion services at Planned Parenthood, they will have two appointments. Um, if they are receiving a medication abortion, which is an abortion done through the use of two different medications, um, the first pill is called mifepristone, the second pill is called mesoprostol. Um, those, uh, those appointments not only have to be two appointments in person, they actually have to be seen by the exact same physician for those appointments. Um, so that is, creates extra challenges in areas of the state where there is already just sort of, um, there are fewer physicians sort of in general, fewer OBGYNs, um, fewer women's health facilities. So the requirement that not only a, a patient for a medication abortion have two appointments, they have to see the same physician in person for both of those appointments, which brings me to another restriction, which is the prohibition of telemedicine. So unlike other states, Wisconsin prohibits the use of telemedicine for even that first day appointment for abortions, which is generally um, a consultation. Although and the reason they can't do it by telemedicine is because the law requires a physical exam, requires an ultrasound and state scripted counseling. Um, which is not always accurate. So uh, there are, are a lot of uh, barriers. And I think, you know, in my, in, in my opinion, one of the biggest barriers for folks is the fact that state Medicaid funding cannot be used for abortion services, except for in cases of rape and incest, or to save the, uh, protect the health or save the life of the pregnant person. Um, the insurance prohibitions go beyond state Medicaid funding. It also includes prohibitions for state employees to use their insurance um, or public employees, I should say, insurances cannot cover abortion. And similarly, folks who obtain their insurance through the Affordable Care Act cannot use that insurance uh, to cover the that health service either. So um, we know that... Uh, you know, UW Core had a study fairly recently sort of citing the idea that um, throughout the country about um, most uh, most people in this country could not absorb a an additional $400 unexpected expense. Um, abortion, abortion services are going to exceed that. People who were leaving the state were looking at an average cost of, you know, anywhere from about a thousand to sixteen hundred dollars you know that was sort of taking into account transportation the lost wages child care um, and the health service itself 
So there are, there's a lot of, this is all to say, there's a lot that we could do um, in this state to protect abortion, um, as well as actually make it a meaningful right for people to actually be able to access. Annalise, I want to ask you, I think I, I think I want to ask you this question because I would have a really hard time with this. You have to be able to represent kind of the reality of the legal landscape in Wisconsin um, and, and then support people in accessing abortion in this climate. How does Planned Parenthood talk about these restrictions? Um, that maybe Planned Parenthood does not agree with, but then has to abide by? Yeah, that's a great question. And, it, you know, it's it's hard. Um, and, you know, I think I mentioned, you know, earlier in our, our conversation, you know, we, uh, Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin, know that these, these barriers exist. And, uh, you know, part of that in, in helping navigate that and what we found is, um, the hiring of abortion navigators at Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin to help folks, you know, navigate what is what is the current reality of accessing healthcare in Wisconsin. And so, you know, it is, um, you know, I think our Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin staff are um, are, are are trained and are are incredible human beings who are so um, compassionate and caring um, and understanding and, you know, know that they, you know, have to work in the reality that is the laws of Wisconsin. Um, but they also, you know, they're, they're here because they, um, and they're at Planned Parenthood because they believe in, in the right to healthcare and they believe in, um, they believe in, 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 in accessing healthcare. And so it's, you know, it, it is hard. Uh, but I think, you know, to the, you know, to that, it's also, um, you know, on us at, you know, Planned Parenthood of Advocate, Advocates of Wisconsin to help change that and to help, you know, change the conversation to help um, navigate, uh, you know, deal, not dealing with, but, um, you know, hopefully someday repealing some of these restrictions and well, that and help people understand every single restriction and every single barrier that a pregnant person would have to overcome to access abortion care. Um, because a lot of folks don't know that we have this list of restrictions. Um, and we do, and it's long. Well, and here I, I think about how much of this is about changing the state of Wisconsin and how 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 primed are we to actually make significant gains in terms of abortion access in Wisconsin and how much of this is about changing the way Planned Parenthood works in Wisconsin. So you mentioned that you all expanded services in the time period that you were not able to offer abortion. You started to offer vasectomy. You started to offer gender affirming care. You started to expand your, your mission across the state of Wisconsin. Is there a conversation around um, expanding your uh, approach to supporting people and getting abortions, um, particularly as doctors in Wisconsin have struggled to do things like help their patients resolve miscarriages. Um, are you all positioned to support different kinds of, of abortions and different kinds of healthcare needs of the women of Wisconsin um, as doctors across the state grapple with where we exist legally after Roe v. Wade was overturned? And I'm gonna direct that question at you, Michelle. Thanks. Yeah, so, you know, I think there are, there are two things. Um, one, absolutely, just sort of going back to what Annalise said, Planned Parenthood Advocates' role in all of this is to continue to have these conversations, to continue to organize um, within communities to say, yes, this is the framework we have to work with right now, and it's not good enough. Um, and this is what would be, this is what we think would be the, the, the optimal way to be able to provide abortion care in this state. Um, you know, we, one of the goals I think is to get all politics out of, out of these healthcare decisions. I mean, that would really be, um, I think the, uh, 
um, the best way to, to deal with some of this is to, to allow people to receive um, health care for abortion, abortion care the same way they receive all types of other health care without interference um, and having restrictions and regulations. But to your question about the way that Planned Parenthood provides um, and our ability to be sort of nimble and to pivot uh, Planned Parenthood's ability to be nimble and pivot during uh, different periods of time post-Dobbs and, you know, adding a vasectomy, et cetera. Right now, I think is a good example. Um, as you mentioned, other healthcare systems have grappled with what is the state of the law right now? Uh, what is the, to what extent, if any, are we able to provide abortion care? Um, and in the meantime, Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin resumed services. Um, making a very public you know, statement um, because it was the right thing to do because there's legal grounds to do it, legal footing to do it. And um, the obligation is to serve uh, patients and communities. Um, and so Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin has been really absorbing patients around the state that may have indications that would normally be done in uh, a hospital or uh, a healthcare system outside of Planned Parenthood for things that aren't emergency. So it's not the life exception, but there are things like the health exception or um, a, a fatal fetal anomaly, a pregnancy that is uh, a fetus that is not going to be viable um, outside of, of the womb. Um, and so where, where in the past, pre-DABS, a healthcare system um, would have uh, served that patient if that healthcare system is unsure where their, their grounds are right now to provide or what their parameters are, they are being referred to Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin. So Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin's doors being open um, has really, I think, been a tremendous help in terms of having people have access now and not having to be sent by their uh, physician out of state as they were uh, you know, prior to uh, Planned Parenthood resuming care. I also think that the restrictions that we in the past, uh, that Planned Parenthood has challenged in the past, um, I think it's important to know that, uh, you know, back in 20, I think it was about 2019, this is before my time he, uh, at Planned Parenthood, um, there was a lawsuit in federal court challenging the medication abortion restrictions. That case um, was never decided and eventually got dismissed um, following the Dobbs decision. But Planned Parenthood has the infrastructure already uh, to manage abortion services through the use of telemedicine because that is a service that is provided in the normal course of providing other family planning um, and reproductive and sexual health care services. So that is something that can happen. Um, allowing, a, you know, one one restriction that I didn't uh, didn't mention is a physician only requirement for medication abortion. Allowing advanced nurse practice uh, advanced practicing nurses to use the full scope of their licenses would absolutely make uh, medication abortion services much more available throughout the state. Um, and that again is something that is happening in other states. Advanced nurse practitioners prescribe medication all the time for pretty much every uh, type of situation. There's a very limited scope that, that they can't prescribe, and that's related to some you know, heavy narcotics, not mifepristone and, and misoprostol. Um, so those are the types of things, and that's the infrastructure that already exists because Planned Parenthood already provides the full scope of sexual and reproductive health care um, and has the the capacity to build on that um, in abortion care. I want to talk to you a little bit about the criminalization of abortion in Wisconsin, in part because we're talking about who can and cannot provide an abortion. Um, and, and I'm curious, Annalise, to kind of your perspective around like self-managed abortion and the messaging from Player and Parenthood on that. But before we get into that, I do want to ask, um, you know, Part, part of, of, I think, what has made this a really challenging time to be a, a doctor, to be an obstetrics, is the, the idea that you could face uh, criminalization, that you could be be charged with the, the wrongful death of, um, you know, of, of an embryo. <clears throat> 
what what does it look like for Planned Parenthood um, to to navigate the potential that your providers um, will be criminalized or or will face uh, you know some kind of of legal consequence for facilitating abortion? Are you asking me? Michelle? I am. <laughs> so Michelle, you're the you're the attorney here. <laughs> so. It is, it is that precise reason that Planned Parenthood paused services to begin with last, um, last summer following Dobbs. It wasn't because um, the analysis was that abortion was automatically criminalized following Dobbs and that, you know, Wisconsin statute 940.04 had somehow just, uh, you know, immediately sprung back to life, but it was really that threat of prosecution um, that caused us to, or caused Planned Parenthood to, to pause because physicians and, and physicians, nurses, all of the other support staff that are involved in the care of patients could potentially be susceptible. Wisconsin has a party to a crime statute that would criminalize somebody for actions, even if they weren't um, the one directly, you know, engaging in the conduct, but they were somehow contributing to it. So that would include, you know, folks like nurses and uh, medical assistants or the reproductive health care assistants, et cetera. Um, the- yeah, I mean, let's let's say that it, we're not talking about abortion. Let's say in Wisconsin, you kill somebody and you then, you know, that person then comes outside and jumps into your car and drives away. W- would you get in trouble for driving them? Yeah, you absolutely, if you knew what they were doing, uh, <laughs> in some way, shape or form, uh, the DA could prove it absolutely could be charged with uh, a party to a crime. And so that's the sort of thing that um, when people talk about criminalizing abortion and they're saying, well, it's the doctors, but it's not, that's bad enough, but it's not just the doctors, it's the nurses, it's the medical assistants, it's potentially the The staff who have made the appointment, who have provided some um, assistance in funding or other resources to access the abortion. Um, so it's a it's a much broader net than that that one person to consider. Michelle, has anyone in Wisconsin been prosecuted for abortion? Is there anybody who's in jail right now because they helped somebody get an abortion? They self facilitated abortion. Um, is anybody been criminalized for miscarrying? What has that looked like in Wisconsin since Roe v. Wade was overturned? So since Roe v. Wade was overturned, to the best of my knowledge, no one has been charged with an offense in Wisconsin related to the provision of abortion, including self-managed abortion. A really important point on that is that under the under current Wisconsin law, the, a pregnant person who self-manages their own abortion cannot be prosecuted under any of the abortion statutes. All of the abortion statutes um, direct penalties to the provider. Um, so in Wisconsin, if a pregnant person obtains, um, you know, medication abortion pills through an online resource and takes them, um, and, and terminates their pregnancy, that is not a crime. I, I like, I want to respect your legal expertise. And yet there's a part of me that thinks about like some young person in rural Wisconsin, trying to terminate a pregnancy and being prosecuted for it, are they, is that argument really going to work? Are they really going to be able to say, according to these statutes, I'm not technically a provider, I self-managed an abortion, and therefore it's okay. Yeah, you know, I, I, I completely understand. And there are, there are components of this that absolutely give me pause for a few reasons. One, no one can really stop a prosecutor who is sort of really zealous and wanting to prosecute something from coming up with some theory of prosecution. So maybe it's not an abortion statute, but maybe there's some provision about um, the possession of a prescription without what they would consider a valid prescription, you know, a valid prescription. Maybe there's some other law that they could say fits into this where maybe the, the actual termination of the pregnancy isn't what is being um, prosecuted, but there's some part of what that person did that is being prosecuted. The procurement of the medication, for example, um, is one thing that 
that comes to mind as, you know, even if it's a, again, even if it's a stretch, um, the prosecutor could absolutely try it. And um, I have, you know, some, um, before I joined Planned Parenthood Advocates um, and Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin, I worked um, a lot in, in criminal defense and um, being charged with a crime, even if you're not convicted, has absolutely devastating consequences for people. And so the potential to be charged um, and being charged, just the, the stakes are, are far too high. Um, I will, though, however, say that there are specific in the laws in the, in the abortion regulations and statutes. It is specifically named that the pregnant person is not the intended, cannot be prosecuted. But again, maybe there are other theories. The other thing that's really important for people to know, I think, around that is a lot of you know most a lot of people have support systems and people that want to help them. And so, um, uh, the abortion laws that existed even and that exists still, but the, the framework, I'll say pre-Dobbs, criminalized anyone who was not a physician in providing um, medication abortion pills. So 253.105 is a statute that governs medication abortion, and it specifically says physician only, and um, providing abortion uh, through medication contrary or in a way that contradicts that statute was a class I felony. So you can imagine a friend, you know, buying them for a friend online because maybe they're scared or whatever it is, or they have the credit card or whatever. Um, they're buying it and giving it to them would technically be a crime in Wisconsin. Wow. I mean, I, I so appreciate you like outlining that. And also there's a heaviness about thinking about you know, where we're at in terms of access in Wisconsin. Annalise, how does Planned Parenthood message around self-facilitated abortion? I think we have to recognize that more and more people have had to utilize self-managed abortion um, in the wake of the Dobbs decision. What, what, is, uh, what, is, what is Planned Parenthood's stance and how do you all, you know, support or, or talk to, to the folks who seek your support around self-facilitated abortion? Yeah, so I think the, the biggest thing is that, you know, we are able to provide resources um, and, you know, care on the, um, you know, the, the front end and the back end. And, I, you know, I think with, um, you know, it, it and, and Michelle can can jump in if I'm, you know, speaking out here, but it's, you know, it's it's not something that, you know, I think we, um, you know, actively encourage, but um, there is information about this, um, about self-managed abortion um, online um, and with resources available from Planned Parenthood um, and Elise, I ask why? Why would parent, Planned Parenthood shy away from supporting self-facilitated abortion? It's kind of a widely accepted approach to abortion around the world. Sure. And I honestly don't have a good answer for you. Okay. I can, I can, I can chime in a little bit. So I think, um, you know, we what we can't do is sort of give um, medical, specific medical or specific legal advice for any person's situation and how they might be thinking about managing it. However, um, prior, to, prior to the Dobbs decision, PBWI made the decision that um, it would absolutely have on its, um, on, its home, or on its website all of the information folks needed to know about self-managed abortions and how they're, they're different in some ways, right, than like obtaining them, obtaining an abortion in a traditional medical setting, but that a lot of people choose it for a variety of reasons all of which are totally fine. Um, and all the places that are reputable where you can access self-managed abortions, so like aid access or um, plan C, and that you could still see us ahead of that if you wanted to confirm pregnancy, confirm gestational age, what have you. If you were having concerns about bleeding or wanted to ensure that the pregnancy in fact was terminated, you could do that. I think the main thing is having um, not encouraging or discouraging people either way, but really saying, here's all the information we think 
you would need and tell us if you need more to make your decision about how you want your abortion to look. And for some people, it was going to be not necessarily, again, going back to all of the restrictions and the period of time where we weren't providing, not even necessarily a choice, but just the only, maybe the only choice, right? Um, or the best choice out of all of the, you know, suboptimal options that there that there are or were. Um, but it, it's absolutely uh, an acceptable and very normal way to obtain an abortion. And people should know, um, you know, the, any potential risks. And when I say risks, I mean things like Am I too far along for this to to work? Uh, or how do I know for sure that the pregnancy was terminated? Because sometimes people might need an extra dosing of mesoprostol to make sure that all of the products of consumption have been expelled, et cetera. So, um, and the legality around it. So going back to the idea of like, can I buy this for my friend or for my daughter or what have you? Um, and give it to them. In Wisconsin, technically, I would say, again, no. So um, like if I were to buy medication abortion pills and to have on hand and then give them to somebody, I've, I've technically violated the statute and people should know that too, right? Um, so those sites I mentioned also have um, like legal reproductive uh, hotlines for people to ask questions. So there's really a, uh, a pretty decent, uh, I guess, um, infrastructure and network of people who can answer both medical and legal questions people might have related to self-managed abortion. Michelle, thank you so much for speaking to that. And if you're just tuning in, you are listening to WORT 89.9 FM. My name is Ali Muldrow. I'm your host. This is a public affair. We are talking about abortion because seven weeks ago, abortion services resumed at Planned Parenthood in Wisconsin. Coming to us from Planned Parenthood, we have Annalise and Michelle. Annalise, I want to ask you a, a little bit about, you know, what what it looks like in Wisconsin right now to to have the the larger conversation about what people need in terms of abortion services um, from Planned Parenthood, I I would imagine that there there is a, a sense that this conversation has to change um, that the way we've talked about abortion before Dobbs was overturned and before this kind of most recent um, ban of abortion across the state. Um, has to shift to be, I don't know, more proactive or, or more inclusive? What, is, what does it look like um, to refine messaging in this moment? And, and what does Planned Parenthood, you know, want people to know? I do think one of the things I want to emphasize about what Michelle just said is that I think people in Wisconsin have to rely on a resource like Planned Parenthood, not just for healthcare services, but for act accurate information. We live in a state where abstinence-only sex ed is a, a pretty common thing. Um, and so what is what do you feel like your role is in informing people right now? Um, what does your your messaging look like, you know, in terms of rising to the occasion of this moment? Yeah, thanks for the opportunity to talk about this. So uh, Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin um, is not is not just our our health centers, right? We have um, a full team of folks who do education and we have a whole team of folks that do community work um, and we've got folks who work um, in in specific communities too so not just you know we're, we're talking regions um, but we're also talking you know our like our black organizing program or our CC Moss program which um, you know has existed um, for we just celebrated 20 years of of you know organizing and having educational conversations um within the spanish-speaking communities around the state and so um we um you know a big a big part of our work is um is is having the conversation you know you mentioned wisconsin as a state you know that we've got a lot of um 
abstinence-only sex ed. Well, we also, as a culture, um, you know, we we don't have conversations about sexual and reproductive health. And so our folks um, and our teams in education and our teams in the community, um, you know, are, are trained and are, you know, of those communities. Um, and they are having conversations and sharing information um, as trusted resources and as trusted members, um, you know, with with their with their communities, and they're able to build those relationships that then you know allow folks to access healthcare, access reproductive healthcare, um, and it's you know it, it it's incredible. So I think you know part of it is you know our ability to continue to do that. Um, and Planned Parenthood advocates of Wisconsin, I think Michelle answered, you know, I've talked about earlier is, you know, they, um, they, they've got organizers who are um, in communities around the state year round doing organizing, knocking on people's doors saying, hey, there's a health center in your neighborhood and uh, we want to tell you about what's going on there. We want to talk to you about the services that Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin offers. Um, and, you know, so these, these folks are out there, um, again, engaged with communities. They are of those communities. Um, they are, they are tabling at events. They are, um, you know, I was talking to a group this morning and one of our organizers just posted up in a coffee shop wearing a Planned Parenthood t-shirt um, and, and has just started and just tens of conversations in a relatively small, small community. Um, and so, you know, it is part of it is it is having the conversation. And so, um, you know, where where we go from here, I think, is not just how we're talking about uh, abortion and reproductive health, but um, the uh, Oh God, what is the word I'm looking for? Not volume, but like the the the, the messengers and and who is talking about it. I mean, we have seen, um, you know, I think as a as a community in, in Wisconsin and I think nationally, the number of men start talking about reproductive health since the Dobbs decision, and it's like y'all have been a part of this <laughs> for a long time. Um, y'all just haven't been talking about it, and so broadening the conversation. Um, talking about the realities of, you know, what do these restrictions mean in, um, you know, in, in real time? What do the restrictions mean for someone who is accessing abortion in Wisconsin? Um, you know, what does that mean for, you know, the, the person that, that you know, and that, 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 that experience and the experience of your community? And so being able to have those conversations um, at the, uh, at, to the extent that, you know, we need to continue to talk about these, I think is going to be the the biggest part of that. And that's something that we are working at Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin and Planned Parenthood Advocates of Wisconsin that we are working very concertedly on. I, I really appreciate that work. And I think, you know, the education component of this work um, is is one of one of the components of this work that is really near and dear to my heart um, as a person who works in education and also as a person who had an abortion as a teenager. Um, and so I, I think about, you know, the kind of support our, our young people need and the kind of accurate information people need to, to navigate their options when it comes to pregnancy. Michelle, I, I want to ask you, um, in terms of kind of how young people are sp positioned specifically in the state of Wisconsin, um, how, how, how have things changed since, since Dobbs um, for people who are under 18? In part because I think we think about how challenging it is for anybody to have to travel for hours out of state to get an abortion. If you're trying to do that as a 14-year-old or 16-year-old or 17-year-old, um, there's there's an entirely different, you know, set of Im implications. So what does it look like for teenagers who are trying to terminate a pregnancy in the state of Wisconsin and have to leave the state to do to do that? Yeah, you know, when uh, when Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin and their patient navigators were thinking about um, what would happen post-Dobbs and how folks would get out of state and how they'd help them, several 
extremely vulnerable groups of people came to mind and uh, as much planning as possible was were centered or was centered around those groups because sort of by definition if you can help people with the greatest amount of challenges um you will help everybody so you know minors are a particularly vulnerable group Vulnerable, vulnerable group of people, as you mentioned, in terms of like the extra challenges and barriers um, to getting out of state. And you know, during Dobbs, people, Wisconsin was, you know, I guess fortunate. If we, we couldn't provide abortions, in the very least, we were surrounded by states where you could still access an abortion. Um, and Illinois had um, just before Dobbs, I believe, sunset there. Um, their law requiring parental notification. So minors were actually able to access abortion in Illinois in one appointment without parental consent or parental notification. And Minnesota also um, overturned their parental notification law. Unfortunately, Wisconsin still has a parental consent law. Um, however, there is a judicial waiver um, process or uh, yeah, a waiver process where a young person can petition a court to um, be able to receive an abortion or get an abortion without the consent or notification of a parent or guardian. Um, but that's still a court process, right? So it's still asking somebody else permission um, to be able to access healthcare. Um, I will say that post-ops, I think young people have been really, really engaged in these conversations um and that has been reflected in um who is who showed up at the polls to vote and it showed up um the organizing advocates organizing teams on, on college campuses um and so i think that you know again we're looking at this is we're at the floor right now and this isn't really good enough um, wh where do we need to go and what can we do better? And, and we have to also remember that it took 50 years to overturn Roe and it was a very concerted effort. It was very strategic um, and it was a chipping away little by little. And so we have to remain very uh, cognizant of that and engage in our, in our own very, very long strategy. Um, and the last thing I'll say is it's something that I think is you know, sort of maybe resonating with young people is that this is about abortion, but it's actually about so much more than that. This is about people's bodily autonomy. And we're connecting the dots in these conversations to this is abortion, but what about birth control? What about other family, other forms of contraception? What about gender affirming care? What about all these other private privacy rights that we've known as privacy rights? Um, and what things are so fundamental that the the, the government shouldn't be able to intrude on. So I think the conversations have been more expansive uh, to include the sort of name this as bodily autonomy versus abortion only. Annalise, I'm going to give you the last word. If people want to support Planned Parenthood, support the work you all are doing, want to celebrate the fact that for the last seven weeks, abortion has been accessible in Wisconsin, what should they do? I uh, yeah, thanks. They should, um, you know, support us with their money, support us with their their voice, um, you know, support us um, by helping folks access health care with Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin. And you can do that at ppwi.org. Thank you so much. This is a public affair. I'm Ali Maldrow. Thank you for listening to WORT 89.9 FM. Office send you merry go rounding by the KKK police the streets by bloodhounding. Interest on the credit card just keeps on compounding, but the FCC can never.